awesome to see God work. Uh, something I hope this week and last week and the week before has really shown something in reflecting our desire to give glory and honor to God. Whether it's testimony time, whether it's the prayer time here, we as a church body need to be able to praise and honor God when we come together. And we'll do it different ways at different times. Two weeks ago, the topic of the message or the title of the message was Stealing God's Glory. When we fail to honor Him, when we don't tell people about what God's done in our life, And the title of today's message is Stealing God's Glory. (laughs) When we accept the honor and the praise, and we do it for ourselves so that we get praised instead of God. Two different ways of stealing God's glory. (laughs) And we don't want to do either one. We want to be able to turn it back to God, to be able to share with people how God is working in the life, in our lives and in the life of the church. If you will turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 12, and I'm going to start reading in verse 20. And I'll be honest with you, as I was reading this uh, uh, first part of last week, I guess it's Monday. On Monday's the day I usually decide exactly how I'm going to approach a message. And I was thinking, is this even a passage I really need to focus on? Didn't we just really kind of cover this? And then suddenly it hit me like, this is again stealing God's glory, but a different way. That yeah, this passage is in there and it is a message for the church. So let's read it together, Acts chapter 12, beginning in verse 20. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord. And having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On the appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration oration to them oration excuse me oration to them. I hate hyphenated words in my bible that word's hyphenated so I see that t and I tried to pronounce it oration to them then the people were shouting the voice of a god and not a man immediately the angel of the lord struck him down because he did not give the glory, give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Heavenly Father, together we've read your word. Now speak to each and every one of us. Speak to us as a church. Show us how we can honor and praise you individually, 
and together. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you look at this passage, it's really connected to the verse above it. After Herod had killed uh, James, tried to kill Peter, but Peter was miraculously delivered, Herod looks out there, he can't, nobody can find Peter, so he has the guards of the prison killed. And so Herod's happy. He got to kill somebody. He's a happy guy. He got to kill the guards. He didn't get to kill Peter, but hey, as long as somebody ended up dead. I think that reflects a lot of his heart, who he was as a human being. They couldn't find Peter. He didn't care anything about miracles. He didn't ask. He said, you let the guy go, you die. And that's what happened. He goes up to Caesarea. It's where he rules. And if you look at the, question, the, the name Herod, how many Herods are there in the Bible? I don't know. I lose count. <laughs> because there was a Herod, you know, Herod the Great, when Jesus was born, then his son, Herod Archelaus. Then you had Herod Antipas, Antipas. Then you had Herod Agrippa I then Agrippa II, and, you know, you've got all these guys with the same name, and it's really confusing as to which one this is. This would be Herod Agrippa I, and he is the ruling Herod at this time. And it gets really confusing because if you read history books, even in the Bible, you see where these guys, they would start ruling in one place, then they would take in and rule somewhere else, and there's no consistency. If you read a history book, they'll give you the same dates for the Herod's ruling at the same time because they were ruling different areas that were brought in. And historically, it's very confusing in this mass of who's in charge. Who's really there? Who's in charge? Who's taking over? Who's the king today? Is kind of the situation the people are living in. They honestly, from day to day, may not know who the ruler's going to be. And that's the political situation. And there's some political background going on. If you look at verse 20, just going to go through this quickly, verse by verse again. Herod's angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. Now, where is Tyre and Sidon? Hopefully, we can pop a map up quickly. Now, here is Galilee. This is where Jesus spent a whole lot of his ministry. Jerusalem's like right down here, almost to the floor. Tyre and Sidon's up there. There's Caesarea Philippi. That's where Herod's hanging out. That's where he's ruling. So it just kind of puts it on a map where this is at. The lines here are actually Jesus' travel in that area. So it's a place where Jesus had gone. We don't have any record of this area really repenting as a whole. We do know that people from that area had come and listened to Jesus and begun, began to follow Jesus. No record of anyone from that area down in Jerusalem that followed Jesus to the end. But this is the political situation, and the people of Tyre and Sidon, they needed some help, so they get Herod's most trusted servant. Now, this translation will use the word chamberlain, which is 
in English, actually the closest word that we have, but it's not used anymore. <laughs> Most people say, what's a chamberlain? Well, it's like a personal servant or a personal assistant. He's actually the guy that would go into the king's bedroom, help him get dressed, somewhat like a valet would. And then he was also sometimes over the treasure. He oversaw finances. He was probably the most trusted of all of a leader's servants. And so Tyre and Sidon go to this guy and say, will you help us make amends with the king? Why did they want to do this? Food. Just point blank. Food. They depended on that area for their food. The Bible just flat out says that's why they did it. Because their country depended on the king's country for food. Hey man, if that guy's angry with us, we may starve to death. Let's, that, let's do some political background and let's make sure we keep our food supply going. Now, who are the people really trusting? Who are the people of Tyre and Sidon? Who are they turning to? Who are they looking for, for their help and their hope? Well, it wasn't God. They're putting their hope and trust in Herod, in his servants, in his country. Now, I know there were believers in that area. In fact, Paul, on one of his trips back, is going to stay in Tyre with believers for a while. In fact, he spends a whole week with them. So we know there were believers there, but as a whole, the cities were looking to Herod for their support. And so Herod gets all dressed up. We're going to verse 21. On the appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. What's an oration? It's a long speech. He got all dressed up. He put on his fancy clothes. He goes out in front of the people. And he stands there. According to Josephus, it was silver, and he said that the sun caught it so that it glowed. And he's standing in front of all the people. He sits on his seat, and he gives the king's speech. He's talking. He's talking. I read in the commentary about Josephus' comment, and I thought, I've read that so many times. Something weird that happened. Just this is one of those those strange things. One of the audio books I happen to be listening to right now is Josephus's <laughs> The History of the Jews. So I thought, did he really say that? Yes. Book nine, audio chapter eight. I think it's like page 353 in the written. I don't know. There was some reference to that. He actually talks about what happened here. And he tells from the Jewish perspective what was going on. A history book outside, it gives us even more information about it. 
how he put on the royal robes, but it had silver threads and it was silver and it glowed. And the people looked to him and he's giving this speech and they cried out, Oh, it's the voice of a God, not a man. Oh, Herod, you are a God. You are not a man. Oh, Herod, you are a God. According to Josephus, it started out one person here, one person there, and then pretty soon the whole crowd is shouting this. They're feeding his ego. And it's debated how this should be translated. See, Herod was a follower of Jewish belief. He believed in the one God. And it's debated, should it be translated voice of a God or the voice of God? Because both of those in the Greek would be just the same. The, the ah would be left out, the one. And it's debated which way. But either way you translate it, Herod is eating it up. It's the voice of a god. Oh, I am a god. I, you know, I don't know voice, if Herod had a high voice or not, but he is loving it. He is eating it up. He loves the praise. He's getting it. Herod liked it. How do I know Herod liked it? He's the king. If he ever wanted them to stop, all he had to say was, <laughs> he didn't even have to say the words. If he motioned for you to be quiet and you weren't quiet, you know what happened to those prison guards? Herod liked killing people. I mean, he, he had that kind of power and authority. He could have just with his hand silenced the people. He could have said, I am not a God. You need to turn and give uh, uh, glory to God. But he did not. He stood there in front of the people receiving the praise as they fed his ego. And God said, you really like this? You want to see what's going to happen right in front of those people while you're standing there? You're eating it up. They think you're a God. According to Josephus, he had a severe stomach cramp right in the middle. This says he was eaten up with worms. Right in the middle of his speech, he doubles over with pain. He is hurting. According to Josephus, he suffered for five days. Here it sounds like in the Bible, it sounds like it was instantly. But he was struck instantly and he suffered as a parasite of some sort literally began to eat away. According to Josephus, Herod repented of that. He said he realized he was struck down because he did not give the glory to God. He was taking God's glory, God's praise, God's even, even his position as God for himself. And I don't know if Herod really did repent. How did Josephus know exactly what Herod had said? I do not know that. But what we do know that is clearly stated, God struck him down because he's stealing God's glory. He would not turn the glory back to God. 
would not turn the glory back to God. He wanted the praise for himself. So the Lord, the angel of the Lord, struck him. Now, in the ESV, which this is the, the, the translation we're using here because it's available to more people free and more study aids is one of the reasons we started using it. It's not my favorite translation, but it's something struck me was how the angel of the Lord said he struck Peter on the side to wake him up. Peter was sleeping so sound, and Pastor John had brought that out last week, how Peter was just, it's the day before his death, and he's snoozing away. (laughs) The angel had to wake up, Peter, let's go. (laughs) And here the angel of the Lord strikes him. It's a difference between wake up and die, sucker. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's that difference. The difference away of how God was working. Here, wake up, wake up. Let's get going. Let's go get something done. And to Herod, he's saying, you wake up. It's not about you. It's about me. Totally different way. When the angel of the Lord struck, it was very different. And Josephus said he suffered for five days in pain and had repented for what he had done. This I do know. God doesn't share his glory. It's his. God's God. God's worthy of being worshipped. God's contains. He is. God's glory is part of who he is. And he doesn't share that. Ultimately, ultimately in the end, every single human being that has ever been is going to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Ultimately, it's going to happen. But for many of them, it's going to be too late. I believe one of the messages for the church is don't get caught up in yourself. Don't think about your ministries. It's God's ministries. Don't think about how people are saying and what they're saying about you. Think about what are they saying about God because of you and how you're working and how you're serving. It doesn't mean that we don't recognize the talents and gifts of individuals. And we're very appreciative and I believe we should compliment one another when God uses them and, and, and uh, God speaks through another, say, thank you, God used you. I was touched by your message. I really liked how you led that song or, or that opening or I love the guitar part or, or the piano part. Whatever you were blessed by, let people know God blessed you through them. That isn't stealing God's glory. That's a testimony of God's working in their life. 
We heard the testimony from Rachel and from Karen, how God's working in their lives. That's not stealing God's glory. That's giving God the glory and the praise because that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to see God glorified and how God's working and giving testimony. And we as a church should be the, the place where we recognize that and we share what God's doing and we recognize God's moving and we want to share not so that we receive the praise, so that God receives the praise. And I want to close with this thought. If you look at verse 24, verse 24, what is the first word of that verse? But I looked this up in multiple translations in English. That was the first word of everyone. Someone once said, but, it just erases everything you just said. You did a really good job, but. You could have done that. Well, no, this isn't that type of, this isn't erasing. This is a, a, a contrast. Herod takes God's glory, but look what God was really doing. Look at this. Look at the contrast in this. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Your translation may something, say something like spread and flourished is another one that, that's often used. Um, it, it's growing. The word of God is moving. Herod tries to take God's glory. No, this is God's glory. This is the contrast. But this happened. Oh, it's just amazing. And to look at the 21st century, you've heard me say it before. You'll hear me say it again. God is working now in the 21st century very much like he did in the first century. You look at, at different movements that are happening, the discipleship multiplication movement, which is both for working inside existing churches or starting new churches, church planting movements where they're focusing primarily on starting new churches. You look over and over, God is just sweeping through populations where the Word of God is coming and He is moving and it is increasing and the Word of God is flourishing today. It is multiplying. My prayer has been from, from before we ever started meeting as a church that this would be one of those training centers, one of those places from which a, like, like uh, Paul in Ephesus, where, when Paul rented a spot in the school, he rented a spot. And if you ever get to go to old Ephesus, you can see the marketplace was there, schools here, it's open. There's not walls, it's just pillars. You just ordered you know, this square space. And the whole area heard the gospel. Not because Paul just talked to everybody went by, but it was a training center that sent people out. And that's been one of my prayers for this church. That from here, the gospel will literally reach every single nation on earth. That it will multiply and increase for God's glory. That's what I want to see happening here 
seeing God move. And us, as a church, being faithful, being faithful to honor God in that. Being faithful to direct the praise to God. Being faithful to direct the Lord, or the world, excuse me, to the Lord's work.